global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by Interactive Brokers and CME Group. If you're looking for global futures contracts at low trading costs, look no further. Interactive Brokers is the industry leader. Learn more at interactivebrokers.com slash CME Group. U.S. stock index futures are higher, with investors bracing for the start of what's forecast to be the biggest earnings slump since the financial crisis. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P E-mini futures up 8 points. Dow E-mini futures up 70. NASDAQ E-mini futures up 22. The DAX in Germany is up 1.1%. Ten-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds. The yield 1.74%. NYMEX crude oil up 9 tenths percent or 34 cents to $40.07 cents a barrel. COMEX gold up 7 tenths percent or $8.30 cents to 12.52.10 an ounce. The euro $1.1409. The yen 108.28. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Moscow, thank you so very much. Well, he went to the University of Chicago to get his MBA and a Ph.D. in finance. And along the way, Eugene Fama was his dissertation advisor. Uh, the randomness of the markets, uh, something Mr. Fama would bring forward. And uh, Wes Gray decided they didn't have to be so random, I guess. He is the founder of Alpha Architect uh, and uh, looks at ways to um, make your portfolio work a little bit better. Uh, let's start by asking, what you, what did you learn from, uh, the Nobel Prize winner, Mr. Fama? And, uh, how did you take that into um, finding value in the markets? Well, the, uh, the number one thing I learned from Professor Fama, I still call him Professor Fama because he's a Nobel Prize winner, he's my old professor, um, is that basically markets are insanely competitive and it's really difficult to beat the market. So if you're going to try to devise strategies that presume to do so, you really got to think hard about what you're trying to do there. And uh, you thought hard about it. So where did you go? We went to value investing. So what I did for my dissertation, which maybe wasn't the greatest idea in the world, considered my advisor was the guy who wrote all the research for the efficient market hypothesis, is I read 4,000 stock pitches submitted to Value Investors Club. We do that by Wednesday on surveillance. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. we do that by Wednesday. So you got it. So I, I spent a year reading every single stock pitch by all these hedge fund managers, and I collated all that data. All these folks were value minded, and compiled it all. And I presented that to you know the main man there, and I said, "Listen, value managers seem to beat the the market." And With he agreed. Yeah, within this and within the research, what I love about your work is the work on back tests, which is yeah. I, 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 the basic idea, folks. I can't convey how important this is, where pros back test like crazy, but you mm-hmm. say you've got to weight it. You've got to you've got to provide a different importance importantness mm-hmm. to how you back test. Discuss that. Sure. Yeah. One of the things about back testing is it's there's a lot of science to it, but there's a lot of art and there's a lot of warts in the data. Mm-hmm. So unless you're actually buried in the raw data, understanding all the delisting problems, how to incorporate what happens when a firm has a merger versus what happens when they have a bankruptcy, because when you back test, you got to know, 
hey, this firm got delisted out of the database. Well, if it went bankrupt, you want to input, you know, negative 100. If it had a takeover, maybe you want to input plus 12, <clears throat> sorry, plus 20, and that's going to have major implications on what you glean from your back test, so making sure you do that appropriately. Um, so I think it's just really important that you're in the weeds on understand the details of what you're actually doing. Within the back test is the idea of a Gaussian distribution. Folks, a Gaussian is a bell curve, and it can move with what are called cross moments, the suppleness of the Gaussian curve. How much of a slave is your quant world to the simplicity of a bell curve, or do you have a humility that there's a lot of other probability distributions that, that are out there? Definitely agree that a normal distribution does not define the world at all when it comes to stock markets, primarily because humans are involved. So you have a lot bigger tail events on both the downside and on the upside. So we're, our models basically aren't really driven at all by statistical normal distributions. Our, our models are all about understanding psychology and then how can we leverage quantitative tools to essentially ensure mm-hmm. that we don't suffer from the psychology problems of all those in the well, marketplace. But so, just the heart, the heart of this working with the honor, I should say, of working with the windsurfer Fama is you also mm-hmm. had to put up with Thaler, Levitt, and the rest of the mafia out of Chicago. How does behavioral finance fold into your mathiness? Well, and that, that's actually one of the great things about the University of Chicago is you have the extremes. You've got a Richard Thaler on one end who says that Eugene Fama is, you know, full of it, and then you have Eugene Fama who wins the Nobel Prize for saying that prices always reflect fundamentals. So there's just a lot of intellectual battlegrounds out there. And, and I think the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, and, and that's pretty much what we do. We say, listen, markets are really, really competitive, but the harsh reality of the world is that humans are not 100% rational. And that causes prices to sometimes not fully reflect fundamentals. And, you know, value investing is just one example of where that's a strategy that's been talked about for a 100 years. You know, it's an open secret, and it, it continues to work, but you got to have the horizon and the discipline to actually stick to it for it to actually work for you. All right. Does that leave it up to the robots now, the robo-advisors? Um, I think. Yeah, it does. I, I think uh, one of the biggest challenge of investing, especially as we get more news, more ability to trade on instant, more availability of data where, you know, anyone sitting in their underwear in their garage can be a quant mm-hmm. now, it, it, it allows people to actually act. And one of the biggest issues in investing is being disciplined and being able to follow a process through thick and thin and not be able to act. So I think robo-technologies and, and just technology in general, right. leveraging systematic decision-making just helps us almost prevent right. ourselves from making you know, bad decisions. Uh, uh, Dr. Gray, one last question. Cubs or White Sox? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a White Sox. I, I was on the south side. Uh, my wife was on the north side. I, I have to go with the south, uh, makes, uh, with the south side. It makes for a perfect marriage. Wesley Gray, thank you so much. Uh, with important work on quantitative value out of the University of Chicago. Coming up, one of our favorite guests on the quiet middle market of M&A. It's Bloomberg Surveillance. 
We're counting you down to the opening bell, brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. 